This is the Sex Mancers Podcast. Sweat, baby, sweat, baby. Sex is a Texas drought. Me and you do the kind of stuff that only Prince would sing about. So put your hands down my pants and I'll bet you feel nuts. Yes, I'm Cisco. Yes, I'm Ebert. And you're getting two thumbs up. You've had enough of two-hand touch. You want it rough. You're out of bounds. I want you smothered. Want you covered like my Waffle House. Hash browns coming quicker than FedEx. Never reach an apex. Just like Google Calls. Knock you off. Okay, ladies, on this episode, I'm going to talk to you about something that may not be romantic, may not, you know, cover your desire for spontaneous passion, but it is something that is needed. And I'm going to explain why. And that is learning to schedule sex. That's right. I'm going to be talking to you about the importance of managing a calendar and putting sex on that calendar, scheduling your time of what days you're going to have sex and what days, you know, you're generally not going to have sex, but, you know, could still happen. See, one of the things that takes the passion out of a relationship is a lack of sex. And one of the reasons why there is a lack of sex in a relationship is that life gets very busy. You know, you don't prioritize it. Remember, what goes on your calendar tells you a lot about how you're prioritizing your time and what things are and are not important to you to spend time on. Just like how you spend your money tells what is actually important to you financially. Now, guys, on the other hand, you know, they're still going to need to you know, put sex on their calendar as well. So what you're going to need to do is get together with the man in your life and come up with a schedule for when you're going to have sex, how often. Is it going to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Is it going to be Monday, you know, Thursday, Saturdays? You know, you're going to have to start getting together and putting up a schedule. How many times are you going to have sex that week? And on what days you're going to have sex. Because life is going to get busy for you. It's going to be, you know, fast paced. Especially, you know, as you're young, you're putting a lot of things into your career. You're having to put in a lot of overtime. You know, you're really trying to get as much accomplished in a short amount of period of time to set up the rest of your life. And the days, the weeks they can pass really quickly without you realizing it. And if you're not intentional, you can find yourself, you know, going weeks without sex. And this is a problem. This is going to be damaging to your relationship because you should be having sex multiple times a week. You know, at least twice a week, uh, according to recent studies, is the average. But you want to be above average. You want to be that person that puts, you know, priority into your relationship and to keeping your man satisfied, right? And if you're just not careful, you know, you're going to end up having sex only, you know, a couple times a month. And maybe that's only when you're ovulating and when you're horny. And that's assuming that he's going to be on that same, you know, schedule as you. And if you're not having enough sex, it's going to affect your mood and it's going to affect his mood. I think about this. And this is something that I have noticed with my wife because, you know, we're not always perfect at everything. You know, life does get busy. Things get in the way. You know, like in the past two weeks, we were dealing with a dying family member that didn't really produce a lot of romantic, you know, desires naturally. You know, but it's not just the death of a family member. Sometimes there are things that get in the way. Uh, You get sick. Okay, that's understandable. Don't have sex, you know, if you're really sick. Or, you know, you have kids, you know, uh, when you're married, you know, who get sick. And, 
you know, you have to go to work, you have to put in overtime at work. And when you're not having enough sex, this is going to affect your mood. And what I've noticed uh, with my wife, right, when we've gotten off schedule because of some random crazy event that has gone on, you know, after, you know, about a week uh, without sex, she starts getting, you know, a little moody, you know, she starts getting, you know, a little short-tempered. Uh, get two weeks without sex, and she is a complete grump. She is unbelievably, you know, uh, or somewhat unbearable to be around because, you know, she's, you know, frustrated sexually. She, you know, her emotions, you know, kind of go a little all over the place. But here's the irony of that. Her actions, her behavior during this uh, time, you know, during these rare occasions has actually made me less wanting to have sex because who wants to have sex with a grouch that's biting your head off? And you may not know this uh, about yourself. You may not notice how much your mood, your attitude, how you talk, how you behave, how much of that is effective negatively by a lack of sex. And on the flip side, guys, you know, they, they can get to be pretty big grouches uh, without sex as well. But for you women, here is an issue. You can actually get to a point where you've gone so long without sex that you stop caring about sex, even though you need it. You know, you get to the point where you couldn't care less whether or not you have sex, even though you're a complete grouch without it, even though you desperately need it in order to be a person that other people can tolerate to be around. And guys, yes, you know, guys can be the same way. They can be a complete grouch and their attitude, their mood can be, you know, a situation in which it doesn't produce an environment that turns you on, makes you want to have sex. And you just got to start realizing that these are the times when you just need to push through and have sex. You need to go through. And even if you have no desire whatsoever, because it's been so long, you do need to just strip your clothes off, get into bed, jump on that cock and ride it. All right. And you know, what you'll find is afterwards, the guy will be in a much better mood, which you know, will be more conducive to your own sexual arousement, having a guy who is in a much better, happier mood. But what you'll also find is that you'll be in a slightly better mood. Now for you, you know, well, actually for both of you, it's going to take more than one time, you know, if it's been a while without sex, you know, more than one time of jumping in the bed and having sex to get back into your regular mood, you know, to get back into a situation where you're that fun, happy life of the party that everyone has come to love and adore. But you're not going to get that if, you know, you, if you're not having enough sex. And when you're not having enough sex, what's going to happen? You're going to be distracted. You know, your attention is going to wonder. You know, guys, you know, maybe... You know, if they do a little side business at home, they won't make a whole lot of progress. They might be looking up porn on their computer because they're just so horny and they and you have this, you know, fuck off written on top of your forehead because it's been so long, you know, and it's a constant distraction, you know, and if they, you know, work for somebody else, what's going to happen? They're going to go to work and they're going to be distracted. They're going to spend part of the day daydreaming about, you know, some sexual fantasy, and they're not going to get a whole lot done, right? Which could jeopardize their job. Same thing for you. I mean, let's face it, women, you think about sex too. And so if you're, you know, frustrated and horny, what's going to happen? You're going to be a little distracted. You're going to be thinking about sex. You're going to be kind of looking at uh, other guys, you know, as well and being distracted at work. But because it affects your mood so much, it could affect your job opportunities. If you are constantly a grouch, if you are constantly, 
you know, biting everybody's head off. You're going to become that office bitch that nobody likes. And good luck getting a promotion if that is uh, the situation here. And so the lack of sex is going to affect more than just your relationship. It's going to affect your career. And you don't want it to affect, you know, your career any more than you want it to affect your relationship. Now, remember, this podcast is assuming that you're in a good relationship with a, you know, with a good, decent guy, you know, not an abusive asshole, you know, and that's, you know, remember the premise uh, of this podcast and the premise on which I'm operating under when I'm giving all of this advice here to you, you know, and so, you know, you need, you know, to be having sex in order to maintain your focus, to maintain, you know, uh, your eye on, you know, your goals, both in the relationship, financially and career wise. You know, so now here's where we get into the scheduling sex. What is the benefit of scheduling sex of actually putting it on your calendar, not just telling each other, Hey, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, these are our nights when we're going to have sex or, you know, whatever nights I'm just going to use Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you choose, you know, what nights you're going to have sex and how many times a week you're going to have sex, right? You choose that. But what does planning this, you know, actually allow you to do? Well, one, you can put it on your calendar, and everybody knows that your calendar syncs to your phone and it also syncs, you know, to your tablet, syncs to your computer and whatever device uh, that you are using. And so when you're going through and you're taking a look at, okay, here's what I got going on today. You pull up your calendar. Okay, I got to get through this, that, and the other thing. Oh, sex tonight. Oh, yes, sex. <clears throat> Great. Okay, so now you're going to be motivated to work through everything. Make sure you get everything done, everything cleared out, everything going, and you're able to stay focused, and then you know that you need to go home. You're not going to be breaking plans with it on the calendar. But knowing when you're going to have sex, knowing you know how often you're going to have sex frees up so much out of your mind that it allows you to focus more allows you to focus more when you're at work, allows you to focus more when you're at home operating your side business, and it allows you to focus more on the relationship because you're not distracted by this whole, I'm horny and I don't know when the next time we're going to have sex is. And when you think about it, this explains so much about single men, especially single teenage men. You know, and I want you to remember back to the days when you were a teenager, how the guys used to act. And the reason why guys sometimes acted the way they did, where they were kind of, you know, a little bit of assholes or kind of all over the place or, you know, they were constantly flirting with everything uh, that had a skirt. Well, I guess women don't all necessarily wear skirts, uh, you know, all that much. But, you know, that's not the point. You know, they're going on and flirting. Why? Because sex was not a constant. Sex was sporadic. Sex was, you know, inconsistent. You know, you may have sex, you know, two or three times one week, and it may be a month or two before the next time you have sex. And, you know, that uh, affects so much of behavior. But when you have sex regularly scheduled, you go through, okay, my sex drive you know, just as an example, I'm going to use three days a week. You know, uh, my sex drive is I need sex three times a week. Okay, so we've put it on the calendar three times a week on these days. Well, now I'm getting all the sex uh, that I need, you know, as a guy. All right? Now, the guy that you're with, he may only need it on the calendar twice a week. He may need it four or five times a week. Okay, you know, they're... You're going to have to figure out what the sex drive is. And at first, it may be four times a week, every other day. And after a while, it may drop back because he may initially start off as, you know, feeling very much sex deprived. And so he's going to want to get a lot out of his system up front. But then afterwards, you know, it may scale back. All right. So just be aware of that. 
But you no longer have to think about, you know, when you're going to have sex next, when the next time is going to be, how long is it going to be in between each time? So you're focused on the relationship because you're not spending all your time going, okay, okay. So if I go to the park to play tennis with her, you know, spend some time, you know, one-on-one with her, you know, going to the tennis, going to an art museum, going to whatever, I can be present. I can be focused in the moment and not wondering if I'm doing this and not going to get anything in return. You know, am I, you know, going to this art museum that I couldn't give a crap about and then I'm not even going to get sex? Oh, man. You know, and then I'm going to be focused. Okay, how can I flirt with her? What can I do with this environment to set the mood? No, I don't have to worry about that. I can just be present in the moment, sharing the experience of the art, you know, of the art museum. You know, just going off and having fun, you know, playing tennis. I can go through and just enjoy a nice walk and engage in real conversation. Why? Because I'm not worried about when the next time uh, I'm going to be having sex. I'm not, you know, sexually frustrated. You know, I'm not feeling sex deprived. I just know, okay, I'm getting all the sex that I need. I'm staying satisfied sexually uh, as a result. And now I can be focused in the relationship because there's some consistency there. And, you know, when it comes to guys, the older guys get, the more set in the ways they are. I mean, in case you haven't noticed, guys, you know, they'll get up and they'll drive the same way to work every single day. On their way to work, they'll stop at the exact same places every single day. You know, if they have a place that they stop in order to grab breakfast and uh, coffee or, you know, a donut and cappuccino, they'll stop at that very same place every single day. They'll try and park in roughly the same spot every single day. They'll take the same path. If there's multiple ways into the building, they'll take the same path. They're very predictable. They get very set in their way. It's patterns and routines. And so when you get in and you start going, okay, it's Monday. Okay, that means I'm going to have sex tonight. You know, I don't have to worry about, you know, anything. I can just focus on what I'm doing moment to moment, knowing what's coming later. Okay, and then for you women, there are benefits to scheduling sex for you as well. One, you make sure that you're getting all the sex you need. I mean, we do talk a lot, you know, stereotypically about guys' sex drive, guys wanting to have more sex, but that's not always the case. Sometimes it's you women that have the bigger sex drive. It's you women that need more sex. And then trying to figure out, you know, especially if you're trying to decide whether you should make the first move or he should make the first move, guess what? It doesn't matter. You got it on the calendar. You've agreed to it. So you know when you're going to have sex. Right? Which means you can focus, you can, you know, uh, on your job and everything, but you can also put in time of planning. So you don't always have to ask, what do you want to do? You can put some, you know, thought into it, plan out, okay, this is some of the things I want to do to him tonight, or these are some of the things I want him to do to me tonight. You know, you get to start thinking about that planning because it's not spontaneous. I get it. You know, you'll still have a few nights uh, that are spontaneous. You know, you can still do that. You don't have to go, okay, it's Tuesday. It's not on the calendar. We can't have sex. No, that, that's not the point uh, that we're getting to on the schedule. The schedule is these are the guaranteed times that you're going to have sex. You know? And so it gets you thinking about it. But if you're the uh, woman who has a lower sex drive, than the man in your life. Well, then it also allows you knowing, okay, it's Monday. We've agreed that tonight is a night that we have sex. Well, now it allows you to start, you know, planning throughout the day, getting yourself ready mentally. Because, you know, we do know that sex for women, there is a lot of mental component to that. So when we take a look at getting ready, 
to have sex, the benefits of having it on a schedule, on a calendar, allows you to prepare all day for having sex. It allows you to get mentally ready, gets you ready to think about it. You know, th- you know, start, you know, daydreaming a few moments here and there on your breaks, you know, about how you're going to have sex that night. And as you think about it, as you get prepared mentally, you start getting yourself horny and you start getting yourself ready for that night, ready for, you know, you to engage in sexual intercourse. And this is something that, you know, helps you out as much, but it also allows you to be able to prepare if you're the lower desire spouse, if you're the spouse with the lower sex drive, to be able to compensate for that. So you go, okay, okay, it's Wednesday night. Man, it's been a long week. I'm just not in the mood. I can't even really think about sex. And yet I know it's going to be tonight. Oh, what do I do? Well, this allows you to be able to you know, go through and pop a couple of horny pills. Yes, there are horny pills for women. So if you know it's coming up later that night, and you just had one of those days where you are in no way, shape, or form in any kind of mood for sex, it allows you to swing by the sex store on the way home, get a pill, you know, and then about, you know, an hour before you normally, you know, would have sex, you know, some people, you know, they'll have sex, you know, shortly after they get home and then watch some TV together. Some people will watch TV and then go off, have sex and go to sleep. Uh, some, uh, you know, just, you know, try to manage the kids and then, you know, get the kids to bed, have sex, go to sleep. So since you know about, you know, what time of the day that you have sex, you can plan in advance to take one of those horny pills. Now, don't get yourself addicted to the horny pills. This should be, you know, a a rare, you know, uh, event, something that you need as a last resort. But you could take that an hour in advance and get yourself really wet and horny, get yourself excited for it, and then go jump in. You know, and for the guys, you know, they got uh, pills that they can take if they're having uh, you know, a fairly bad day. Although I will say, you know, for most guys, it doesn't matter how bad of a day uh, they're having. When a woman starts uh, stripping naked and touching him, he gets up pretty damn quickly. You know, he, he can compartmentalize a lot more. So this allows you uh, with the scheduling to better prepare yourself, you know, throughout the day, better plan for it, better to know when you're going to need a crutch, you know, to get you through that night. But it also allows him to know, okay, this is, you know, a night we're going to have sex. Uh, I don't need to worry about how I'm going to set it up, how I'm going to try and convince you into it, all that. All I need to do is when I get home, just focus on spending time with you, you know, doing whatever event or activities that the two of you like to do together. He can just be present. Now, when you're going through here and you're developing the schedule, now this is going to be key, developing a schedule that keeps you both satisfied, but not overtaxing either one of you. And let me explain that. There could be a situation in which one of you, you know, your sex drive means that you're perfectly happy and satisfied if you only have sex once a week. And your partner's sex drive may be needing four times a week. So how do you schedule that? How do you schedule for you both to be satisfied? Well, what you're going to do here is you're going to compromise in the beginning, right? And I will explain that as well, you know, the in the beginning part. But you're going to compromise in the beginning. So let's say, you know, you as the woman, you know, I'm going to use stereotypes here uh, just to get the point across. Let's say you only, you know, want sex once a week. He wants it four times a week. Okay. Where could you compromise at? Okay. 
So maybe you compromise and you go, okay, you know what? I, I, I just can't handle four times a week. Let's try two times a week, right? You know, something that is somewhat of a compromise. Or maybe you be overly generous and go, no, no, just three times a week. I, 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 three times will be hard enough for me to handle. I wouldn't be able to do four, but I'm going to be generous to do three. And then you start off with that three times a week. And what you may find is that after a while, when he's no longer feeling sexually frustrated, is that he may only need it now twice a week, right? And I mean, I'm just trying to give examples here. And so then you scale back a little bit. And now you're both having sex twice a week and it's not overtaxing you, you know, not, you know, you trying to have sex far more times than you could possibly handle while giving him enough sex to keep him satisfied, happy and stable. All right. You see how that goes there. And what you may find uh, when you schedule sex is that you're going to have to adjust it a little bit. I mean, it's kind of like when, you know, in personal finance, when you're talking about doing a budget, how it takes three months to get it right. Well, when it comes to scheduling sex, you're not going to get it right off the bat, right? There's going to be problems in your schedule. You know, you may, you know, he may um, have a situation where just like when you're hungry, they say your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Well, he may have that in the beginning. And so, you know, he may be wanting to schedule for far more than what he can actually handle just because he's used to being deprived and want to get as much as possible, you know, maybe thinking that you're not going to stick to the schedule. And then, you know, he'll scale it back. And so you'll need to readjust when you scale it back to what days and how many days a week that you'll need, uh, that you'll be having sex. And you may also need to, you know, adjust because maybe, you know, you're overly generous and you're doing the three or four times a week and you find out that that is just way too much for you to handle. And so maybe you talk to him about it and, you know, get that scaled back, you know, a little bit to what you can handle. Right. But I also want you to keep in mind here, you know, especially for you women, the more often you have sex, the more you're going to start increasing your sex drive. So let me uh, try and explain that as well. So let's say you're used to only having sex once a week. That has you perfectly satisfied because that's what you're used to. That's how it's just been for you for a very long time. When you increase that to say three times a week, right? At first, it's going to be hard for you. It's going to be a struggle. You're not used to it. And because you're not used to it, it's going to feel kind of like a chore at first. Something you're just doing just to be a good uh, wife, just to be a good girlfriend. But as you remain consistent on that, what you're going to find out is you start readjusting to that level of sex. Your sex drive starts increasing. And now you start finding out that you desire sex three times a week that you come to expect it three times a week and your body becomes, you know, adjusted to that three times a week. And so now you find yourself, you know, uh, horny regularly three times a week with your body expecting to get some. And that is, you know, a situation that I want you to recognize when you start developing the schedule. Because you may be thinking, oh man, this is going to be too much. I can't keep this up for very long. Well, luckily your body's going to adjust and you're going to be able to handle the higher frequency of sex. Guys, on the other hand, they don't, they, their bodies don't adjust that much because we just have the, you know, we have the uh, issue where we need to be able to physically get it up. Right? You don't have that problem. I mean, if you're not horny, you know, uh, you could throw on some lube and, you know, you're good to go. But that doesn't uh, work for guys. So guys may take a little bit longer to adjust if you're the one 
with the higher sex drive than he is. And he's, you know, scheduling to have more sex than what his sex drive is because there is always that situation. So it's going to be a little bit harder for him to adjust to that uh, than it is for you. One of the things uh, that can really help with that is a good diet and exercise and drinking plenty and plenty of water. But eventually he will adjust and his sex drive will adjust to yours as well. Right? So don't be frustrated if scheduling sex, you know, doesn't work out perfectly in the first three months. It's it probably won't be able to get it on that perfect schedule that matches both of your sex drives for and until you get to month four. So keep that in mind because too many of you, you'll give it like a two week shot and go, oh, this failed. This failed, you know, and so now I'm just going to give up. Don't, you know, just remember, be patient on this. And just remember the long-term goal of what the benefits of scheduling sex is. You know, the benefits is you're not preoccupied wondering when the next time is. You know when it's going to be. It's very predictable. And so you're able to just focus on the relationship. Focus on, you know, your career. Focus on, you know, things other than sex because you know sex is going to be as predictable as any other thing on your calendar. And you're able to, you know, anticipate and prepare yourself on the days you know that you're going to have sex or, you know, the day before and the day of the day you're going to have sex. And so I know this doesn't seem like it's a very romantic idea, but trust me, you know, being able to schedule sex ends up being fairly romantic because there are things that you can do with your schedule, right? You can plan very specific things. Like for instance, you could say, well, Mondays, I'm not really in the best of moods, you know, because I just got through the weekend It's the first day of work. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Yada, yada, yada. Well, you can schedule Mondays to be your days for oral sex, right? So you can schedule it. Okay. Every Monday, you know, you're going to give him a blow job and every Monday he's going to eat you out to an orgasm, right? So, you know, you got something uh, specific there and it's not necessarily going to take a whole lot of time. And then you could say, you know, Wednesdays, Wednesday nights are the nights that he initiates sex, right? So, you know, you don't have to think about what it is you're going to do. You don't have to think about, you know, how you're going to want, uh, what, what you're going to want to do to him or have him do to you. Uh, Wednesday nights, you pretty much would know that, you know, um, that when he starts initiating sex, all you need to do is not resist it and, you know, be compliant, you know, be, you know, go with the flow, you know, get into the positions that he wants you in, get, uh, do the, you know, foreplay that he wants you to do, you know, um, let you know, let him take the lead while you follow. And then you could say Friday nights. Friday nights are the nights you initiate sex. That's the night where you do the planning of what's going to happen, what positions you're going to be in. You know, who's going to be in more control and dominance, you know, in the bedroom. So you can switch off there, you know, in your calendar. You could also say... Okay, uh, in addition to this night being oral night, this is the uh, this is, uh, the next night, you know, is the you know kinky night. This is the night where you know one of you gets tied down and blindfolded, right? Right, you could do that. And then you know another night is you know the out of the bedroom night where you know maybe if you you know, depending on where you live, you live out in the countryside. That's the night where you have sex under the stars or 
sex on, uh, in the backyard on a trampoline or you try to act like a teenager and this is your sex in the car night. You know, you can go through here. I mean, you you can start off by making a reoccurring calendar event that these are the nights you're going to, you know, engage in sex. And then, you know, um, you could put in, you know, as the uh, weeks, as that week uh, comes up, you can schedule what type of sex you're going to have and who's going to be in control, who's going to dress up in what outfit, who's going to be the master, who's going to be the slave. I mean, you can have all types of fun uh, with this and, you know, determining what it is you're going to do. Right? And so you kind of have it pre-planned so you can just go right to it. So it's not just scheduling that you're going to have sex that night, but you can schedule what type of sex you're going to have on that particular night. And this can help strike the imagination, strike the passion. This can help you be able to, you know, have a lot more fun and a lot more satisfying sex because now you're not just communicating how much sex you want. You're also communicating your sexual fantasies, your sexual desires, you know, how you like it, you know, how much kink do you want in your sex life versus playing vanilla sex, you know, how much, uh, you know, oral sex you want versus penetration. You can, you know, go through, you can also express, you know, your type of sexual personality. Um, you know, how much are you the dominant one? And how much are you the submissive one? All of that can be put into the schedule so you know, you know, right away what's going to happen that particular night and who's going to initiate it and who's going along for the ride being obedient. And I guarantee you, as you do this, as you're having, you know, more sex regularly, scheduled sex, you're going to find him more attentive and present in the relationship outside of the bedroom. You're going to find him being a much bigger go-getter, you know, at work, you know, which will help, you know, in getting promotions and increasing your household income. You'll find yourself in a happier mood. You'll find yourself more, you know, uh, motivated uh, go-getter at work too. Because you're going to be in a much happier mood. And happier people tend to perform a lot better, you know, in their careers, in their relationships, and so forth. And having, uh, you know, sex, you know, that and satisfying, you know, your sex drive, your sexual needs, releases the endorphins, releases, you know, uh, a lot of the, you know, chemicals needed to help you be a much happier person who can be focused in the relationship at the moment without, you know, having your mind distracted by wondering when the next time sex is going to happen. Okay, ladies, I only have one other thing to talk to you about on this episode, and it gets away from the scheduling sex, but it gets to uh, an important topic about keeping you know, the guy in your life sexually satisfied so that he is more focused in the relationship and more focused on spending time with you. And that is if you're in a long-term relationship and especially once you're married, you know, once you say those, you know, wedding vows and you say, I do never again, should you be asking the guy, to wear a condom or even to pull out when he gets off without a condom. And now when I say, you know, before marriage, you know, and talk about a long-term relationship, you're going to have to decide what is long-term in your mind. Is that four months? Is that six months? Is that after a year? Right. But especially once you say those wedding vows, once you say, I do, you can't ask him ever again to wear a condom and never again to ask him to pull out 
when he gets off without a condom. So birth control is going to be on you, right? And what birth control options you choose is going to be on you. I know that may seem unfair, but let's face it, right now they don't have any type of birth control other than a condom for guys to implement, right? So unfortunately, you know, the birth control is going to be up to you to implement and use. Just know that you can't ask him once you're married to wear a condom or to pull out during sex. And here's part of the reason why, right? Now, if you've ever had sex with a condom, and I'm guessing, you know, women, you have, you know, especially, you know, if you lost your virginity as a teenager before you had access to the birth control pill or anything else, you know that condoms, well, they suck, right? They, they dull the feeling. They make it so that you can't hardly feel a thing. And it really makes it so that sex is not as pleasurable and does not work as much. Right? And so it's kind of like you're going through the motions of having sex, but you're not getting any benefits of it. That's what wearing a condom is. And you're not going to be able to stay satisfied. You're not going to be able to keep the guy, you know, sexually fulfilled wearing a condom. And, you know, so he's going to want to have sex a heck of a lot more, more than what you may, you know, desire for. And you know that the condom, you know, dries up, you know, you know, kind of rubs the wrong way. It's just not a, you know, really good uh, situation. I mean, it's okay if, you know, you're single and you're dating around, all right? Yes, you know, we understand that. But when you're in a long-term committed relationship, when you're married, you know, there should be no barriers dulling the pleasures of sex, all right? So that is one. Second thing, yes, you're going to be letting that guy get off inside you. You're going to be letting your husband get off inside you, right? And I get it. I get it. This is a bit of an annoyance for women because when guys do get off inside you, it, you know, it's going to drip out, right? You're going to have, you know, a situation where it might drip out enough that you get a wet spot. I, I, I get it. I understand it. You know, I understand that can be a little bit of an, uh, of an annoyance, but you know what? It's just something you're going to have to learn to deal with. And let me try and explain this why from the guy's perspective, because, you know, I I get where you just want to go, oh, this is the part about male chauvinism. This is, you know, about male dominance. No, it's about the sexual pleasure and making sure that that sexual pleasure, you know, is maximized and fulfilling. So just imagine, you know, for a moment here, if every time you were having sex, every time your orgasm started, the guy pulled out and then you had to f- try and finish that orgasm with, without anything further, right? Think about that. If every time you started having an orgasm, you know, y- he pulled out and you had to finish, you know, your orgasm without him, how satisfying would that orgasm be? Be honest. You know, I would say it would ruin your orgasm pretty much every single time. And therefore you wouldn't be getting a whole lot of benefit out of sex. Well, the same thing uh, for the guys, right? Every time they start, you know, um, getting off, you know, the male orgasm of ejaculation, every time, instead of being able to continue pushing forward with, you know, back and forth, you know, uh, getting maximum pleasure inside of you, while they're getting off. Instead, just before they start getting off. I mean, I I give you the example of, you know, just as you're starting, maybe I should have uh, given you the example of just as you were on the peak of about to orgasm, he pulled out and you had to try and, you know, finish the orgasm yourself. Well, that's, that's what it would be like, you know, for requiring a guy to pull out. He's getting up. 
He feels the pressure building up. He's feeling so much pleasure. He's starting to get to the point where he's going to be completely relieved of any and all sexual frustration. And then he has to pull out just before he starts ejaculating. And what, ejaculate into a towel while he's masturbating to finish himself off? I mean, that's not really a, a situation that is really fair. You know, it's not a situation that is going to be conducive to, you know, giving him as much sexual satisfaction for a sex drive in order to be fully focused in the situation, you know, in the relationship. I mean, me and my wife, we have tried this uh, in the past, the pull-out method of uh, birth control in between children. So she wasn't, you know, taking birth control because we knew we weren't done having kids. And I know she probably could have still taken the pill. But, you know, the thing about that is when you have a kid, you probably can't take birth control for a year if you're going to breastfeed. You know, and so, you know, for a year, I sacrificed some of my sexual pleasure, you know, in order for her to be able to safely breastfeed without worrying about, you know, getting pregnant again during that year of breastfeeding because you can still ovulate and get pregnant while you're breastfeeding, you know, especially, you know, as the months go by. So, you know, for my kids to make sure that they got the best nutrition possible, breast milk, you know, I'd pull out and, you know, use the rag method, you know, for birth control. And I got to tell you, there wasn't really much uh, sexual uh, satisfaction in that, uh, to say the least. It would basically leave me still horny afterwards. And it would make me want to, you know, uh, you know have sex again right away. Because I wasn't getting the sexual satisfaction. Because I would have to pull out all the time. Now... After that year of breastfeeding, you know, it had gone by and, you know, was able to once again, you know, no condom, no pulling out, you know, hey, everything was great. I, my, you know, level of, you know, sexual gratification in bed, you know, was increased. It was once again satisfying because I wasn't sacrificing, you know, you know, my getting off you know, uh, anymore. And so, you know, without a condom, without having to pull out, that is just part of being in, you know, a long-term relationship, a part of being in a marriage. And if you're still forcing him to dull the feeling with a condom or to ruin every time he gets off by forcing him to pull out, well, you're just being cruel at that point. You're just pretty much saying that, he is not really going to get any sexual pleasure or frustration. Now, what birth control method you use is up to you. Whether you use the pill, the shot, uh, you know, inner uterine device or, you know, anything else. You know, if your intention is to avoid pregnancy but still be in a long-term relationship, it's up to you until they develop something for men. Uh, that is effective. It's up to you to use birth control, and it's up to you and to just make sure sure that you realize that you're going to be used to having, you know, him constantly coming inside of you each and every time. Right. So I, uh, we could try and argue back and forth between your perspective and our perspective, but the guy's perspective is. Forcing a condom or not, or forcing him to pull out, you're ruining sex for him. You're getting him right to the climax and ruining it. So you're just going to have to understand that, you know, that that is just part of being a woman, right? Having the guy ejaculate inside you. That's just, I mean, just like growing breasts is just part of being a woman. Just like having a monthly period is just part of being a woman. Now, I can say, 
you know, I can see you saying, man, being a woman, you know, you got the short end of the, uh, of the stick on everything, okay, you know, whatever. But that's just part of the relationship dynamic. That's just part of how sex is to be in order to be fully and completely satisfying. So it's up to you. How happy do you want your man to be and how focused do you want him to be in the relationship? I can understand before marriage, you know, you requiring that no sex without a condom. Okay, I can understand that. You know, that is perfectly understandable. But once you get married, once you have those wedding vows, there is no more condoms. There is no more pulling out. All right, you're allowing for the full and complete satisfaction of sex. And you're doing it for his benefit. Now, you're also doing it for your benefit. Now, while I get that you may think it uh, annoying dripping out, you know, there are plenty of studies that show that women, in order to remain balanced, in order to remain happy, need to have a guy coming inside of them. Your body absorbs that. It provides a bit of a, uh, uh, what is it, a chemical reaction that... I'm not sure if it's like an antidepressant, but it's basically, it's a mood booster. You know, allowing the guy to come inside you, you absorb uh, that sperm and it completes you. It helps make you, you know, emotionally happier through the chemical uh, reactions. Now, if you want further information on this, you can Google it. The benefit uh, to women uh, you know, of being cummed in or sperm. You know, you got here, um, semen is better for female mood than chocolate. Um, you know, why women like, you know, uh, being ejaculated inside of. Um, 11 benefits of orgasm, the shocking benefits of sperm and semen. And so what you find out here is that the women, uh, the woman body, is actually designed, you know, to react positively when a guy ejaculates inside of her. You know, let's see here. Um, we got one article here, and let me uh, read it to you real quickly. Okay, so here is one thing uh, that I found to try and make the point here. Uh, let's see here. There was a study done in 2002, published with, well, some modest fanfare uh, in the archives of sexual behavior. And what was some of the findings here is that they compared women who had sex with a condom and women who had sex without a condom and let the guy ejaculate inside of them. And, and what they have found is even after adjusting for, you know, frequency of sex, uh, of sexual intercourse, Women who engaged in sex and never used uh, condoms showed significantly fewer uh, depressive symptoms than those who usually are always used a condom. Importantly, these chronically uh, condomless, sexually active women also evidence fewer depressive symptoms than those who abstain from sex altogether. So by contrast, sexually active women, even really promiscuous women, who used condoms were just as depressed as those who practice total abstinence. Think about that. Think about that for a moment. If you were very sexually active and you were having sex four or five times a week using a condom, you were no happier than women who are still virgins or, you know, abstained from sex, haven't had sex, you know, for years. And by contrast, the women who engaged in sex without a condom and let the guys ejaculate inside of them, you know, were much happier. You know, they weren't as depressed. They weren't, you know, miserable. They were much happier, you know, go lucky women. And think about that, you know, for a moment for your own happiness and think about, you know, how you want the guy, you know, to be more attentive in the relationship. 
Well, the best way to do that is to be a happier person, to be you know, more pleasant to be around. And study after studies have shown that, you know, women who don't, you know, um, you know, force a, a condom and let their partner come inside them, you know, are happier people because sperm has, you know, the chemical compounds that, you know, when absorbed by your body, you know, um, acts as an antidepressant and, acts at, you know, and has the chemicals to stimulate more, you know, euphoric feelings like, you know, chocolate. You know, you heard about the studies about women who eat chocolate are, you know, generally happier. Chocolate has an effect on women. Well, sperm has a a more significant effect on boosting the moods of, of women, right? So it's not just necessarily for his benefit, you know, which... You know, most certainly if you want him more engaged in the relationship than what he is right now, you do want that benefit for him, but it's also for your benefit. Okay. Now, before marriage, this advice is, you know, optional based off of your comfort level. But after marriage, there's no more condom, no more pulling out. You need to figure out alternative birth control methods if you're wanting to avoid pregnancy. Now, when you are trying to get pregnant, oh boy, (laughs) I can tell you, those are some of the funnest times ever. You know, and you're engaged in a lot of it and you are, uh, as a result of constantly, day after day after day, you know, repeatedly, you know, after a week of sex every day and being cummed in every single day, purposely trying to get pregnant, your mood is just so much better. And I can tell, um, you know, from, you know, three children that, you know, there were drastic changes, you know, uh, when we were, you know, purposely trying to get, you know, uh, pregnant with a child, you know, in her mood from all of that, you know, day after day. All right. So, That is just something I want you to uh, make sure that you're aware of. You know, it's just part of being in a relationship. It's part of being a good wife, right? And it's part of, and it's just part of being able to have a relationship in which you are both completely sexually satisfied. You're, you know, you know, from the sex schedule that you make up, how often you're going to be having sex. And all of that allows you to be more focused and engaged in the relationship, doing things together, spending time together, and developing your relationship emotionally outside of the bedroom as well. All right, so that's it uh, for this episode. Uh, This episode did go a little bit longer uh, than most of the episodes, but I hope it was worth it. I hope you got a lot of information out of this, and I hope you're going to be able to go through and implement uh, the advice here and be able to improve your relationship, which is why you're listening to this podcast to begin with. And I must say, taking a look at the download numbers, um, you know, from uh, my podcast hosting, this is this show is really taking off, and I really want to thank you for that. You know, your you know attention, you know, and your you know listening is very much appreciated and I'm keeping track and, you know, at this rate, yes, I will be, you know, uh, maybe I'll start uh, implementing a video show uh, now. And, you know, I already have plans uh, to try and bring on some of you in the audience. You know, I don't have anyone specific in mind, but bringing you in the audience onto the show and we can kind of do a coaching, you know, question and answer sessions you know, and all that in a more video format, trying to bring you on. I'm trying to figure out whether uh, to do that uh, via Skype where, you know, trying to talk to three people a week going through the situation, you know, and implementing the advice and then back uh, follow up on how much the relationships improved. Um, I believe when I let you know that I was going to be out for two weeks, uh, dealing with, you know, a sick family member in a funeral. 
uh, I gave you an email address in which you can submit your questions to. You know, so if you want uh, to know something more specific uh, to your situation, or you're looking uh, to come on and you know talk, you know via Skype um, about your specific situation and question, shoot me an email. All right, I'm really you know uh, you know and looking at the download numbers and how fast you know this audience is growing, how fast this podcast is growing. I'm really looking forward to, you know, expanding a lot quicker than initially thought. Um, I was initially thinking just doing audio for two years, you know, with light social media engagement, but I may, you know, be upping that. So just, you know, let me know, shoot me an email. We'll start getting in touch and we'll start doing uh, some coaching, you know, uh, one-on-one coaching for everybody to hear. You'll just have to make sure that you are upfront, honest, and don't be shy during those times. All right. So thank you for listening and I will be back again soon.